If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Surprise, surprise. No need to look at the calendar. This is a Thursday. A bonus episode from us to you. And it's a special one because Larry and I have been busy. Aside from launching a bunch of new shows on our Twitch channel, Twitch TV forward slash blue underscore champs, we want to at least tell you about Games Recap. So if you are a long-time listener, long-time follower on our Facebook, we experimented with a daily game news show, which spun into Roundtable News, which became once every five weeks or so, or whenever Ray is bored and not busy with his actual job. Since Larry and I are full-timers doing our things unchained officially, we have been recording every day live for our new podcast show games recap and we really are excited to kind of share you a piece of that so what you're about to hear is our fifth episode and uh it is a perfect opportunity to kind of wrap up e3 on our side but also introduce longtime fans longtime listeners of what it is like so currently it is only available of course live on twitch and of course a day later on youtube if you want to hear this in audio podcast form and i know a lot of listeners out there strictly want to just listen on the commute or while you're lifting some weights or whatever that you do when you hear our sweet sweet voices we are actually 12 patrons aside from actually being able to do just that. So you can go ahead and support us by going over to patreon.com forward slash blue champs. And any amount given will be deeply appreciated and will really help us cover the costs. So imagine Game Dev Unchain podcasts once every week, which is four times a month. So we've been paying that out of pocket just fine. But a daily show is infinitely more costly. As you can imagine, we are still sticking with the one hour format, one every day times four. We're talking about 20 shows a month versus four shows a month. So uh, to make sure we break even and not break the bank, since every dollar counts now, technically, since we're full timers, uh, if you like the format, of course, until we actually reach our goals, you can go to our YouTube channel and you can actually see the video uh, link at the bottom of the show notes. Uh, for other people who wants to continue and be able to look at this on their iTunes store or Spotify, you got to wait until we reach that milestone so that we can make sure we're, we're at least covering our costs for server and uh drive space without further ado we are super excited this is the fifth episode of games recap to give you a little demo what it's like uh, a lot of cool things that we covered and uh welcome What's up, everybody? Welcome to Games Recap. Good morning. Good morning. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Welcome to Games Recap. Today is Tuesday. Yes, it is Tuesday. (laughs) You are correct, sir. I had to confirm. (laughs) Yes, uh, this is our, uh, we're about the fifth episode now. Uh, We covered the first week mostly on everything E3, kind of going through the press conferences, kind of reviewing what everybody had to offer, and most importantly, we gave our opinions on what that was about, and we're finally returning back to what you guys are pretty much used to. If you listen to our Game Dev Unchained podcast, you know what the format is like. 
Without Ray, of course, because he does still have a full-time job, yeah. sucker. <laughs> uh, but we do a roundtable news, actually. We gather what was the biggest news yesterday. Um, we're still kind of teetering off of uh, what happened at E3, so I think we can yeah. just start off about our biggest takeaways, reviewing everything that we saw, and the biggest headlines. Sure. Uh, I'll start with saying that I think the biggest winners for me, I guess, company-wise... Uh, I think Square Enix had a pretty good showing, just mainly because of the nostalgia effect for myself. They had two games, like the Master Edition of uh, the Mana series coming back out, also showing the remake of Final Fantasy VII, so yeah. I was big behind that. Plus, you know, a couple of the new stuff that they're working on, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nintendo, I think, also did well. The game I'm most excited about from Nintendo is The Cadence of Hyrule, or uh, The Legend of Zelda Hyrule. I forget the actual full title of the name, yeah. but just the mechanics and the concept seem really cool. I want to try that out. Yeah. I love Zelda, and I love anything music-related, so... yeah. That's a big one for me. How about you? Uh, mine was uh, actually pre three. The most exciting is the return of um, Kojima. Okay. Right. So Kojima releases like freaking big Amazon yeah. package uh, demons in World War Two soldiers creeping out of the mud like that trailer, mm. which we should definitely watch. Mm. <laughs> but uh, maybe we can pull it up later. But that is a game that has been kind of just. Uh, been mysterious since 2016 right this is after the fallout of kojima productions over at konami where the yakuza said no more <laughs> kojima you know took his talent elsewhere took most of the team and started hyping up his game that he hasn't even put pen on paper which is really impressive right uh for a person and in, in an industry that is known for AAA being five to seven years of yeah. development right so from 2016 uh he started building the studio finding the engine and we have confirmed it is like based off the gorilla games engine the horizon zero dawn engine yeah. and then they just spawn off that and made it their own and then from 2016 to now which is 2019 and the game's releasing in November 2019. It took them exactly what two and a half years to make this game to hype it up and finally release yeah. it. And no one's no one knows anything about it. No really. leaks, right? Like no serious leaks or anything like that. Nothing yeah. that they didn't want out there is out there. Yeah. So uh, great job on their marketing team and I guess their internal team for keeping everything quiet and actually marketing the game the way it should be. Yes. Which is controlled. Yes. And you know making sure that you always wet the appetite. Nothing too soon was given away, and fans always wanted more. For months and months and months, we were sitting there like, what does this picture mean? Oh, Norman's in the game, so what is he going to do? Yeah. What is this machine? What is that smoke? What yeah. is? We've been asking so many questions now that people are like actually super excited about this game coming out. Not only do they want to see the story, mm -hmm. but they want to see the gameplay as well. Because like, I still don't have a full grasp on what my gameplay experience is going to be like as yeah. far as what actions I will perform. Yeah. But it does seem like I get a sense of like my duty, which is to... like survey these areas and run away from the things that kill me right right. So, right. and then tap into the baby's powers whenever i need to <laughs> the... some baby batteries gotta <laughs> keep it up but there is uh the like mascot basically for kojima games which mm. is the uh the anime influence mm. you know they have the boss battles set up there's this like a psychomantis s type of character that you're battling in one of the earlier trailers mm. so it has everything kojima is known for in a little tight package. I'm just really impressed that they were able to crank this out and build up a studio and build an engine and showing those motherfuckers how it's done, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, how, when was the last time you saw a AAA game do all that within yeah, three years? AAA game. Well, I guess it doesn't count as indie because they have Sony's backing. They officially. have Sony's backing. They're definitely but AAA. That quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have, like, big-time actors. Oh, I guess what I meant was that, like, to have left Kojima, or excuse me, to have left Konami, Konami yeah. the way that they did, and then immediately turn around and like build an engine, build a exactly. team, build a new IP, get excitement around and it, be and release it, and yeah. be successful, no and it's going to sell. Well, it's going to be you, very think? profitable. I think it's going to be four point two. In, in terms of sales, oh man, at least eight. You think so? I think eight mil. Eight mil. Eight mil, dude. My my thing with is, that team size, it's you know four point two will be profitable. Sure. Right. I'm imagining even if their team is the regular size of what two hundred mm. people plus, with the amount of time they took to make that game, they're gonna instant see, profits, yeah. right? I guess where I come from in the estimate of four point two is more like 
I'm taking a sample, a guest sample of like who is interested in this type of IP and story and yeah. gameplay. And I think that it's, it's limited, you know, uh, mm. and that's, that's really what I'm kind of getting at is not so much that I don't think the game is good, pretty, or will play well or be fun. But I think that the sector of people interested in this execution of an idea is probably a lot less than a Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like Metal Gear Solid 6, 10. Sure. 10 right? million easy. Uh, this, it's new. People are taking a risk on trying it out. They have no information really mm. on what type of gameplay experience other than the trailer stuff. So I'm being a little more cautious by saying like a 4.2. I still think it's going to be very successful. Right. right. Uh, especially 4.2 for your first company's game. Yeah, it'll be me? great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think that because of the horror element to sure. it, there's going to be a lot of uh, streaming uh, mm. in, in, as a factor to, okay. to the sell of the game. I think a lot of people are so... Uh, drawn into the mysterious mm. nature of it that people are just going to slowly build up and okay. I think it's going to eventually be before the end of the year at least 10. I think Sony will be happy either way. I think Yeah, that, and Sony's yeah, yeah. been really good with their IPs with yeah. God of War, Spider-Man. Uh they've been really doing uh, a good job Last marketing and and just just their uh loyal customer yeah. base is just really buying up all their original oh. exclusives, yeah. I guess we can segue if you want. Speaking of Last of Us, because I kind of dropped that, they celebrated their six-year anniversary mm-hmm. from the original Last of Us coming out. And then the remake, obviously, or the remaster happened somewhere in between. But yeah. six years ago, Last of Us dropped on us. So thanks again to Sony, and shout-out to everyone on that team. I was on Twitter, and they were just going back and forth, sending each other kudos and backpats. So yeah. it was cool to see that. It's cool to be – I'm sure it's cool to be on that team yeah. to see, like, the world actually appreciating a product that you made so long ago instead of yeah. just shit-trashing it right, like right. most game developers are used to yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> last of us is, is definitely one of the newer uh ps4 yeah, yeah. titles at the end of the cycle that really uh blossomed it was uh, actually ps3 right uh last of us was ps3 and ps4 Xbox is the like last of us and then they did a uh, hd remake okay. on uh ps4 okay why did i say xbox one i just meant that generation the, yeah, not yeah. that you right, right, play right, on right. xbox yeah like how i feel uh this is my game developer site. It's like, sure. yes, it's Naughty Dog. They're doing a good job. Mm. They have excellence. But even Neil Drunkman, when we did the G-Dux, I think one of our speakers was talking about how Neil Drunkman kind of like has that Elon Musk attitude about mm. like it, it's not worth it. It's not a masterpiece unless you crunch your, your sh- the shit out of yourself. There's something to that context. If you want to make great games, you like you have to. You, if you want to make, was it a... Was it a, tied to a rating? Oh, man, I thought I knew the quote. Like, if you want your games to be great, you have to sacrifice, be, sacrifice and be, oh, we're, we're butchering this quote. But, but whatever that is, like that. You, you understand, if someone looks that up, we'll repeat it. But the idea behind it is that you can't be, you can't live a healthy life as a game developer and still be able to pump out excellent games. And, I mean, I disagree. It just all comes down to scope. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what I say. Like, if you look at Hellblade, yeah. right? Hellblade worth every damn penny that yeah. I paid to get that game. Uh, and now also on Games Pass if you're a yeah, Games yeah, yeah. Pass member. So you can play it if you're already paying your nine bucks a month. But all that I'm saying is scope is a real thing, right? Like if you want to make a 30-hour AAA experience and get a 100 rating on it, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, like a Red Dead type of game, then you know the undertaking that you're going to have to go through to make that. But you can also just go to, you know, like a Hellblade-style game development cycle and say, hey, you know what? We're going to take our small focus team we're going to make a very tight, you know, core experience, couple mechanics, and then we're going to tell this amazing and captivating story behind it. And that's one way that you could also do AAA development as well. It's like it's considering going after the slice and making it a very good slice or going after the pie and making a very good pie. As long as you price accordingly, I think both business models can work and everything in between. Yeah, uh, a lot of it is is just at the very beginning stages of planning. Yeah. And, of course, I don't want anything bad to happen to Naughty Dog. I, yeah. I love playing their games. Yeah, I definitely want their developers to have good quality of life. Yes, but, like, they're especially known for that. And, like, uh, I hope someday they realize that to pump out these great games, they don't have to overwork everybody yeah, yeah. to death because that's one of the things around the murmurs within the game development scenes. Like, yeah, Naughty Dog's great, but they really kill you to the core. Yeah. And there's, like, ex- an expectancy to kind of be always I, there. I think quality of life has a lot to do with quality of product. Yes. And so, I mean, if I ran a business, yeah, you guys would be taken care of. So. Yeah. So I'm very interested in behind uh, what Kojima is doing, kind of circle back yeah. with Death Stranding, being able to 
give us more insight on how they were able to do all these things. And I can't imagine them hiring up to 200 to 300 within those two and a half years. Mm. That's a lot of management. If they did and were able to kind of still be on schedule, that is some amazing masterminding. Like yeah. imagine the feat that they had to overcome to, to make that happen. I wonder if there are any cuts that we don't know about or anything like that to keep on schedule. There's a postmortem that I would love to listen to because yeah. that is like a very rare thing yeah. happening right now in this con- uh, current gen because right now we're looking at five to seven years of development for every game. You can't. But I don't at least think, three restarts man, on game can't. design every time. If your game looks like it's going to take seven years to make and you're not PC, I would say avoid it at all costs. Yes. At all co- You're almost talking about getting all the way through a full life cycle full for cycle, yeah. the games consoles now. Yeah. Right? No way. Yeah. You for sure would have gotten through the entire PS4 life cycle in seven years. Mm-hmm. So was that 2013 and now 2020, the new stuff yeah, comes Yeah, I mean, out? you're that's, talking about 10 years is pretty much a console cycle. Jesus Christ. Seven, avoid. eight years. But that's what we're what's happening to a lot of these games. That's why things like uh, Ubisoft, when we were watching their E3 conference, how smart they are with annualizing a lot of their core franchises, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people do hate on that, but the reality is that they figured out a model that kept game developers employed. And yeah. that's always something to celebrate. So as a gamer, like, yes, if you are sick of hearing these franchises every year, like Assassin's Creed, Ghost Recon, Rainbow Six... Those allow opportunities for like watchdogs in the division to pop up once in a while and become like an established franchise mm. because they can afford it, they know the formula, they create enough excitement to get a team together and and, and create a new title. Yeah. And uh, I, I want to see more of that. Nintendo is the only one that like I have really no context because most of the development team seems to be in Japan. Okay. And uh, I don't know how exactly they operate over there. I just imagine the Japanese culture of overworking themselves is already there. <laughs> so uh, quality in the game product over quality of life type of mentality. Yeah. So it's a whole different culture, a whole different mentality. And it's not only um, really restricted or exclusive to the game industry. It's all it's industries just, over in Japan. It's just a cultural thing. But I never really see a developer from Nintendo, right? Yeah. Um, you always see their producers are higher. Never the see, faces yeah. Of the company. They're very hidden. But, yeah. And they just, just silently, silent ninjas, just, <laughs> just, just thanking everybody playing the games. Yeah. Yeah, it's a different, different environment, I guess. I've never been to Japan. Uh, I'm not directly familiar with like the work culture, but I mean, I've, I've heard stories, and then to see like the the Miyazaki like internships or the oh, yeah. like when they're like, Hey, we're doing a new movie. Come work for us. $13,000 us. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta really work for it, yeah. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like, Oh my God, you expect these people to work full time. And then some on that, like you, like as much as, but I you know, those interns somebody, after they finish yeah, yeah. are like instantly hireable at any of the animation. Studios. Oh yeah. That's, that's what you're sacrificing. I guess like that sumo mentality, right? Like you come in, you wash the jock straps, you, you yeah, mop, you, you sweep, you, you eat last, you, you wash the jock straps. No, seriously, like the the like sumo yeah, belts. Like, yeah, yeah. You, well, fucking... that's how the sushi guys are. Yeah, like they, yeah. They like wash rice for like seven years before yeah. they can touch a knife and and some sushi. Yeah, you got to really want to do this, I guess. And I bet anybody who makes it through that hazing, I wouldn't call that employment. I'd call that hazing. You it make is it through hazing. that hazing. And I guess you're part of a fraternity that very few people are part of. Well, you definitely, if you survive that, value. yeah. There's a mentality, there's a strength in that, I think. Yeah. If uh, any of those guys go through seven years of tutorship, mostly doing like low-level stuff and then finally being able to do it, it, I do think there's like a that grind does push you to really perfect your craft because all those years you're just dreaming of, mm-hmm. of that opportunity and... I, I think rarely people who survive that that pre run actually are you know completely flop <laughs> at the That's task tough. right there's a there's a mental toughness behind it. That's their culture in Japan. Well, I mean, and I, I feel like we need a little of that in America. I, I think we're kind of we have hardworking people, of course, but like on average, if we go toe yeah, but to you toe, also like we also are a country full of like greedy capitalism we, where. Yes there's a thing called rent control because yeah. without rent control, yeah. your landlord will just 
too damn high you to death. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, like yeah. you're like, oh, my neighbor's paying two grand for this one bedroom, so I'm gonna now charge you two grand. Yeah. Like rent control is like, hey man, let's keep it reasonable yeah. in a lot of areas so that low income people can actually survive. Yeah. So that thirteen thousand dollars US would not work. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when you have everyone around you, every company wants Lamborghinis in their lives. Yeah. And so they're like nickel and diming and extorting every piece of money that you could possibly earn. Yeah. And so I don't know if they have similar issues like that in Japan, but like, let's say you were taking an, inter- an internship here that was going to last two years, but no pay. If you didn't have a mom and dad setting you up. Yeah. Yeah. You'd like be you're, you're, you're prevented from even realistically even trying to take that approach. Yes. So. That's, yeah. I guess that's a big difference with why I would say, like, I can't see that kind of burnout culture happening here without some sort of setup or sustainability that is already taking care of your needs so that you can just get through that internship period of time. And another reason why I would say low-income people don't get the same opportunities because there's probably a lot of internships out there that are unpaid that may last a year, year and a half, two years, mm-hmm. and incredible life experience awaits just on the other side of that. Yeah. But how are you supposed to have had, you know, a salary and a half's worth of money in savings yeah. to even survive that period of time to take the risk in the first place? Yeah. Uh, I think if I were to restart my career mm. and I didn't have, you know, extra baggage, family, uh, I would have done the van life, mm. dude. I would have had a 24 fitness gym membership, preferably a workplace that has a shower. Right, so I don't have to go home and just live in a van. Yeah, I think I would have done that a good. I could have pulled it off five, ten years. A close friend of mine did that. Terrible. No, seriously. Uh, But I would have saved enough to buy a house house thirty by my thirties outright. Yeah, and most and probably start thinking about early retirement. Yeah, all that money that you save from like paying high rent, because most of these areas for game developers are high rent no rent control type of situations to mark mark my words micro housing you know it's like cute and it's like a thing yeah. that you can watch and it feels trendy and cute yeah. i'm telling you it's that huge. shit is coming to america yes. soon. coming to america is very true you just very you soon. don't need to look further than korea or japan or all yeah. these other like first world countries yeah. who kind of squeeze everybody in a little box yep. shipping crate houses are going to happen yeah it's Affordable housing is a huge need in America. It's looking right more now. appealing to middle me, class man. getting wiped out. <laughs> to be honest, I'm telling you, we people laugh, but you're going to start seeing that shit. Mark my words. Yes, it's coming. and I think it affects a lot of tech people um, initially mm-hmm. because even those guys who worked at Google, Facebook, and stuff, they were doing like a, a recent survey on what the average. Um, worker salary has to be for them to be considered middle class and it's like up there in like Like 130s 140s (laughs) 150s that is not middle class man that is like that's high salary man and and in most cases uh to to reach that to kind of skate by both uh couples you need dual income both spouses have to work even with children and stuff so Right, good luck, Brandon. Yeah, I'm good. I'm at home now, so. <laughs> uh, well, uh, let's try to let's move on to another topic. Uh, friend of ours, personal friend of ours, but also streamer extraordinaire, Doctor Disrespect. Yeah, took a big Twitch ban. It's so dumb. You know, let's 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 dig into that a little bit. Well, from what I've seen, he doesn't care as much. And what I read is like Twitch bans actually um, boost the popularity sure. of a it's, twitcher it can be it can be weaponized it can be yeah. leveraged probably yeah. a better word so on average twitchers that get banned actually gets a lot of publicity so look at the last five days this mm-hmm. dude hasn't been streaming eight hours a day and he's been getting all these free publicity from this one stunt sure yeah so it's it's uh, advantageous it's great he's out uh, from what i read he actually just made em- emojis <laughs> about yeah. him like it's, in the bathroom yeah, yeah, yeah. that people will it's use smart. Right? it's smart very smart. It's a very smart businessman. So, here's my question. Do you think it he was it intentional or do you think that he's making the best of it? He's situation? making the best of it. Yeah. I don't think uh I don't think anybody intentionally wants to get banned. Yeah, and I I mean, neither one of us are like his best friend, not even close or anything. No, we like were that, just his like, gym buddies. We, that, we used to live in the gym and like, yeah. you know, see him here and there. Uh what I can say is he's not a stupid person. No. I don't get that feeling at all. No. I don't get the feeling that He's vindictive or he's manipulative. Uh, 
I definitely know that there's a persona that's being represented in the Dr. Disrespect character. And again, separating the two, familiar with Guy being familiar with Dr. Disrespect, I can say that, like, I can see how, like, oh, shit, we're in trouble for something we did. But I, I wouldn't put... I wouldn't put it on his shoulders as the individual that like his intent was to be filming people in a bathroom and like throw their privacy all over the internet and disregard their concern. I do think I saw that like the faces were blurred. I don't know if that happened before or after because I actually didn't see the stream myself. So I don't know Uh, if it was the news source that blurred out the people or whatever. There's no way they can live stream. Was it? Was it live? Okay. So I, all I'm saying is blur is a lot of production. (laughs) It's, it's okay. I'm just saying that like, could have been an oversight but i think just to save grace for the person themselves i think for sure i'm more willing to bet that it's a taking advantage of a bad situation because i mean twitch now is like primary source of income so he has to protect that you Mm -hmm. know um you know enjoy the vacation uh come back stronger and congrats on all the the mentions and retweets and his fans are not gonna hate him anything they love it yeah, that's hilarious. But it's right in line with the character portrayal. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. It, it fits with him, and he's rolling with the punches. So uh, it's dumb. But uh, it's dumb on both parts. Yeah. Like, he shouldn't be in the bathroom. That seems so obvious. For he's sure. Carrying a camera around, but it's also Twitch is using him as an example because, you know, he's a huge Twitcher. Well, plus, they have to enforce the rules. Exactly. Twitch doesn't want to be responsible because Twitch is a live platform, right? So much like you said, the amount of work to live blur everything twitch has the same problem with every channel right like where uh what was it the artifact card game Mm -hmm. if you went to the twitch channel because it was such an unsuccessful amount of people actually interested in playing artifact if you dig deep in like the twitch people who are artifacting there was like a huge percent that was just straight up porn being live streamed through twitch i mean terrible (laughs) (laughs) you know and so like that's that's something that they now had to crack down on and moderate and so Mm -hmm. one of the ways that you can police live streaming is obviously very publicly take steps against people who break terms of service sure how do they do live policing on that type of stuff they just wait until you, it becomes a huge thing and they ban i'm close sure it off? they have people sniffing like literally their job is to just to look go through, through, through stuff. maybe random channels i would probably have some people just doing random channels some people serving specific genres and then some people just looking for like huge traffic spikes yeah that are like don't match the algorithm and then check and see what's actually being broadcast That's a tough business yeah to moderate yeah because we can start taking our shirts off right now <laughs> exactly i will say this though um game related or not it kind of is the biggest Twitch hero of my entire life. This is like, I was so, it made me laugh so hard. There was like a big UFC fight. I think it was John Jones, yeah. Daniel Cormier. I don't remember for yeah. sure, but I think it was their second fight, right? Yeah. And uh, there was this kid who like was live streaming like he was playing UFC and commentating, yeah. but it was actually the, the pay-per-view fight <sighs> behind him. So he was like, oh yeah, got a jab. Got... And like he was totally into it, like really selling it. Yeah. But he was like, for the homies, he like actually had the fight going Very for free. Smart. Very Dude, smart. I laughed so hard when I, when I figured that out. I was like, oh, this, like, cause you only see like the little clip. Yeah. And the, from a thumbnail, the UFC game versus the live stream yeah, of yeah. UFC actually looks very similar from yeah, the thumbnail. Yeah, yeah. But this dude, man, oh my so god, smart. <laughs> yeah, that was. What was that? Uh, what was that beer commercial? Real man of genius. <laughs> Here's to you, <laughs> Twitch UFC streamer <laughs> guy. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, you don't care about Zuffa <laughs> Entertainment lawyers. No, I love uh, those guys that kind of bring it to the people. I discourage it. Yeah, yeah. You should buy it. Yeah. yeah. But it's nice since I kind of cut the cord on cable and stuff mm. to watch sports. It's kind of harder to not be able to. I actually at one point bought an antenna. You remember those old antennas? Mm. I didn't know it still works. Yeah. Supposedly, well, you can get the digital channels now. But I went in there and 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 bought one from Best Buy. Plugged into my uh, my flat screen, mm. and I had to stand outside to get the signal. I was like, oh, I remember. I hate this piece of shit. Fifty dollars, dude. And you so I went back and returned it the same day. It just wasn't worth it. Do you you don't remember tinfoil, man? I remember that, tinfoil but I thought the shit. technology would be better oh, now. Man. Like the antennas would actually be able to pick up signal on top yeah. of your TV. It was just not the case. Tinfoil, bro. But this is the problem with like tinfoil be... still works. <laughs> it's like... so annoying. It's, so it's like annoying. duct tape, man. It just yeah. it still works. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, Speaking of Twitch, mm. Amazon thought it was the perfect time mm. while E3 to lay off people. Oh. All right. So uh, slide that one long, in. long-term listeners of our other podcast, Kingdom Unchained, knows my feeling. Let me sum it up right now. Sure. 
Amazon is great at everything else but game development. <laughs> All right. Uh, they have the, the source cloud up there. They got people uh, servicing uh, multiplayer, right? Uh, they got the Twitch channel uh, that they bought. But when it comes to game development, which they've been trying for the last five years, nothing has come out. They've just been canceling, and they bought first the Lumberyard. Yeah, the first mistake engine. was leveraging Crytek to be their own They engine. call it Lumberyard. Everybody knows if first you're mistake. a game engine business, you got to start with the letter U, dude. <laughs> you come on, Umber, you're like one letter too much, right? Umberyard would have been a better bet. <laughs> but Lumberyard doesn't even sound appealing. It just sounds like work, yeah. right? First and I mistake. think uh, the, the, at least the articles I've read from developers, the number one reason why it's been difficult is just wrestling with the engine, yeah. getting it to work the way it is. That type of thing Dude. will take years for it to develop on top of trying to make new IPs and make it appealing. Right? I feel like that's what happens when you try to brute force your way into an industry with money yeah. and not expertise. right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know who Amazon was consulting in the setup of their game studio. And no disrespect that these are esteemed colleagues of mine, game industry veterans or whatever. Yeah. But the reason why I'm willing to believe that they weren't is because they should have seen this coming. Yeah. If anybody asked me, hey, Larry, are you going to you want to start a company and use Crytek? I would say throw your money in a fire and you'll have a better time, mm -hmm. right? Because what I look at when I think about that is Crytek. And, you know, Crytek, great looking engine. It has produced some great games like Crisis 1, Crisis 2, Crisis 3, Son of Rome, right? Mm -hmm. All, I think, each one of those, all the Crisis games obviously are internal first party. I don't remember if Son of Rome was Crytek game or not. But it's like there's four games I can think of that actually made it through start to finish using Crytek. Armored Warfare at Obsidian uh, was a Crytek game. Uh, so, I, you know, that's a shameless plug because I worked mm -hmm. on that one. But, okay, so I've counted on my hand five games that I could actually legitimately say successfully made it through Crytek. Uh, was Far Cry, Far Cry's Crisis all, as well, right? Uh, the, Far Cry the is a older different ones, franchise, but it's the, the same older game. ones. Was it Crytek? I thought oh, yeah, Far yeah. Cry was. The original Far Cry exactly. was made by Crytek, exactly. and they sold that off. Yes. Idiots. Yes. And then, uh, so, yeah. Long story short, five games, right? And most of them were made by the people who made the engine, so they don't even count. That's like believing the snake oil salesman about snake oil. You know what I mean? It's like, of course, they're going to tell you everything good about their own product. So Amazon leveraging Crytek, I think, was a first mistake. I think they would have been better off. I bet you the 30% that Unreal would have wanted or Unreal's or Unity's cut on all their games would have been a better investment to lose that money there for the games that they have haven't made yet versus leveraging Lumberyard, paying Crytek the money there to actually make an engine that has lost them developers, yeah. that has lost them talent, lost them ideas, and has made it almost damn near impossible for them to actually release games with any sort of cadence. Yeah. I think one game that I know of has come out from Amazon Game Studios and the rest have just been in trouble. And I don't know for sure, so please fact check or verify. No, I think there's only been, been one game that officially came out. Yeah. Yeah, because they had this like MOBA football-esque games that some of our friends have worked on. Yeah. It was horrible. But I think they canceled it actually before they released it. Yeah, it's... Uh, if Amazon is still trying to do games, I would say abandon Crytek, abandon Lumberyard. It's okay. You have all the money in the world. Yeah. Like if you really want to do games right, like build a team of people who work on games, yeah. sit them down and course correct. I'm pretty sure... It's probably better studios. <laughs> I think... But, like, uh, those better, but don't force those studios to lose Lumberyard. Yeah, they definitely That's, have the money to yeah. keep going, but from what I've seen, they are not going that route. They are definitely cutting costs where they see there is a risk. Mm. Uh, I've, I've, before these um, layoff stories started happening, I thought they were forever studios. Like, no matter what, we're going to stick to it mm. and keep working at it. Layoffs after layoffs, uh, games being canceled after yeah. being canceled, just, they just sound, I, I think, more ruthless than mm. a regular game studio, to be honest, uh, because they're all about the stat sheets, right? Mm. And Bezos doesn't have the time, man. He's launching rockets and shit. He's looking at it. It's like, why is everything negative on the game division, right? Yeah, yeah. Who are these guys? They're making shit. I'm like, I can't play this. Man, if Bezos... My Kindle is better than if, this. <laughs> if he's that high up looking at the Amazon Game Studio stuff with any sort of like discernibility, yeah. oh man, they're in trouble. But that's what I mean. Like These are the rich, uh, huge companies that see games as a huge, if not already blossoming, 
industry that is uh, uh, competing against all the other industries and they want in, right? Everybody wants in. That's why I, I see a lot of um, comparisons between Amazon and Google right now. Google has infinite money, right? Mm. They're at the very beginnings of maybe something big or horrible. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you would believe Google has the willpower to see it through but they also have a reputation of closing shop early when things don't hit like in like incredible success so um yes they have some developers there some notable developers uh they got phil harrison who's like known for like jumping ship a lot so uh maybe they're in a better state all right they're not tied to like a stupid engine like lumberyard um really they're just there to create uh good games but i do see somewhat of a similarity between them and amazon kind of just not really being in the game business for so long not realizing how hard it is to make games unless google goes out there and start buying independent studios kind of like what microsoft is doing they'll have a better reputation but right now amazon didn't do that they bought let's be honest, okay, mm-hmm. like studios with an okay engine and uh, they didn't know what to do with it. It's like, remember Vince McMahon, uh, owner of WWE, he's like, hey, I'm going to start my own NFL. It's going to be called XFL. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you name one player that was in the XFL? Exactly. Can you name one? No. You know what I mean? I don't even know. It's like, I get it. You have the money. You have the funds to do this. You're going to make this competitive product, but you're not going to the right people to actually execute. And the first XFL ended up being huge failure. Yeah. Uh, it didn't sink WWE, right? So like obviously if Amazon game shuts down, Amazon is going to live long and prosper. This is just, yes. it'll, they'll bury it and keep selling books. And I really do think Amazon eventually is going to do the Disney route. Mm. Not even the Disney route. Disney route is like licensing the IPs. Mm. Amazon doesn't really have any IPs. They I think they're slowly going to bow yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. At this state, um, they have two games in the works, the Crucible and some. I don't even remember. I don't the even. The Crucible was some kind of Indian or Native American game, mm-hmm. and uh, some other game. But like, it just doesn't sound appealing. Like, it, they're on paper, it sounds unappealing, dude. Yeah. It, it, it's like, why are you making this? Who approved this? Yeah. Give me the money instead, type yeah, of right. <laughs> mentality. But it's like, I don't have high hopes for the. Yeah, there's nothing exciting that I I've heard from these last two games, and they just lay off a bunch of people for both those projects. So I have to assume that they're not doing well with those projects. Let me ask you this: Do you think it can be saved for if, Amazon, if Amazon? Those two projects? To, do you, no. Do you think Amazon Game Studio, like in general, the no. games division, could be saved? No. Okay, so it's DOA. I I think uh, three to five years they're gonna stop. They're gonna announce like, hey, we're not we're not making games anymore. Yeah, it's been five years already. They haven't released a game. Dude, isn't that crazy? Who who at Crytek? You can't even like, release an iPhone game. Who at Crytek had the like? Who, I want to. I wish I could have been right there. Now. I wish I could have been there when they were like pitching Amazon on buy. It's Cry. the uh, it's the good old. Uh, Liam Nielsen, uh, uh, good luck. He's <laughs> like, here, here's, he signs the paper and is like, good luck. So it's, why do you say like that? It's just his accent. Did they even kick the tires of Crisis before they bought it, right? Like, did they even take it to a mechanic for a Well, out of opinion? all the engines, all right, that was the one that is being sold within budget. Mm. It, it was like a good starting off mm. point, I think. Um, the amount of work to fix it was probably underestimated, but also the the right team and the right idea to make a game was again probably underestimated. Mm-hmm. So everything just didn't work out yeah. from what I've seen and heard. And I think a lot of it could have been avoided really with uh it always starts and ends with the right people. Mm-hmm. Right? If you hire a studio that's unproven yeah, it's right. It's so famous. how do you expect success above you know where they were before yeah, it's like it's, there's no way famous climbers right yeah. have all had local sherpas yeah <laughs> you know like exactly. people who knew the lay of the land yes who had pretty much already climbed the mountain themselves but yeah. don't get international credit yeah right there's a reason for that the yeah. expertise is always valuable yes especially in a situation like this exactly i i mean i i pretty much tie 
without being in, without being inside, without having any sort of inside information. So this is completely ignorant for me to say this. Right. But I'm gonna I'll, say I'll be speculative after this. Based video. on my experience, I think that Lumberyard was the first step to death. Oh, yeah. 100%. I'll put just all my faith in them picking anything other than Lumberyard would have yeah. been at least 50 to 100% more successful. And here's the second step sure. of death, right? You know, the first Amazon Game Studios that was announced was in Orange County, our yeah. backyard. And they bought the Double Helix team mm -hmm. that was known for movie to games titles. Yeah. So that work cycle, if you ever are familiar with it, is very fast, yeah. very sloppy. Just get it out the door yeah. as soon as the movie's released, right? Doesn't matter the quality, just get the, mm -hmm. the merchandising out there. Mm -hmm. That's the type of studio you bought. It's like Blizzard's right down the street. Mm -hmm. Of course, you can't fly Blizzard, Blizzard but like these are like yeah. sure things, sure bets. And that kind of, to me, illustrated what Amazon's um, level of respect mm -hmm. in the game business is. It's very low. Mm -hmm. Like, to me, it's like they, they have no idea what it takes to make a game. Yeah. And they just thought, like, oh, these guys have been in business for long enough. Mm -hmm. Therefore, their, their ability to kind of make games should be there. Yeah, yeah. And I, I am kind of shitting on that studio. I have no personal gripes on that studio. <laughs> I'm not currently employed, so I'm saying yeah. a lot more than I yeah, it's, it's usually not, do. You're not hating on the developers. I'm not themselves. hating on the developers. I'm sure yeah. they hire great people. Yeah. But like, it always comes down to management, right? Yeah. If the management team has a mentality, has an ego, has a certain way that they want to do things without being um, complimentary with everybody, right? Being mm -hmm. a team leader, getting everyone together. He's like, hey, you're probably better than this, at, than me, right? Although I am running the studio. I'm just here to kind of uh, make sure everything goes smoothly. Why don't you take the lead? Like those little little fixes are the main problems within a studio because uh, they never really hand over power yeah. in any respect. And so you would see, you know, the excitement around a studio at the beginning, but then high departures soon after, which yeah. is what happened with that studio. All so my like friends a lot that of great I knew. People that went to Amazon studios Left. are all gone. And they're badasses. Yeah. We have a lot of good friends yeah. there and I'm sure there's still some there who are badasses. but this is a, you know, if you're watching this worldwide, Orange County is a hotbed. There's a lot of talent. Out there's here. a lot of talent out here, but there's a lot of like ancestral people just like moving around in OC because nobody wants to go to LA. Right? That's yeah. an hour and a half commute for us. And unfortunately besides blizzard, there isn't really a dominating studio in the orange county area yeah. so let's see we have blizzard right big studio we have blizzard then i think every other studio is like a tier or two or three underneath that two, so like three, obsidian yeah. is a bigger studio i know that at one time they almost had 250 employees somewhere yes. around there huge yeah. awesome for them they're now owned by microsoft in exile but also like i wouldn't consider in exile anywhere close to blizzard size ready at dawn i would not ready consider dawn, them close to blizzard total, size. Rock. total rock i would not consider them close to blizzard size and it's not so much that it's the size that gives them the, the reputation, quality, yeah. but like their quality and the types of products that they work on. Uh, Obsidian just got back into AAA game development yeah. with uh, Outer Worlds, so yeah. shout out there. Um, Ready at Dawn doing VR games. Like yeah. I think Lone Echo 2 was their last game. Yeah. In Exile, also doing a lot of VR and RPG stuff, but we're not talking about many big-level options down here in Orange County. Yeah, I mean, like I think the mentality... I don't know what it is about Orange County. It seems sure. like a great place to work, but like it seems also that the heads of these studios or these studio cultures around here are kind of lazy, man. I don't know what it is. It is a great place, sure. but why aren't we having more success? So full studios around here, like in LA and Santa Monica, is all the talent just in LA? What is it exactly? Like, why can't we have something else besides Blizzard that is like dominating? And I was hoping Amazon being that sure. player. Because they have the money and resources. I think the big thing that we're facing with Orange County growth in game development is, one, it's just quality of life costs and yeah. game development risk versus cost. The two things are kind of fighting against each other, right? So, like, it's getting more expensive to make a quality, like, industry standard acceptable game experience. Uh, fans are spending less and less money on these $60 games and more and more money on the not $60 games. Yeah. So... It's getting more and more expensive and risky to start like AAA studios, like huge expense. And if you don't sell, like it's death right away. Yeah. Who's going to give you a billion dollars to try to make four AAA games, yeah. right? You might get your $250, 300000000 dollar deal, but that's like a one and done yeah. if you're going for AAA. 
But then also, if you look at housing prices around here, is it if you look that much more expensive than LA though? It, no, but I'm just saying that like it's way more expensive to start a new studio here, here in Orange County, California, LA, than to go to New Orleans, than sure. to go to the Carolinas, than right. to go to Oregon, than to go to Austin. I'm just trying to compare here in LA. Okay, that's here in close, LA, closer cousin, right? LA has way better infrastructure for public transportation, so the need to drive may not be there for everybody because some people just hop on a train and get there. Like you can go from downtown LA to Santa Monica to like working anywhere near a train in LA will give you access to pretty much all the LA right. studios. We don't have that down here. If so you want to build a studio next to the Amtrak system, it helps. it helps. It really does help because you're going to have a lot of people who are making 40 K a year, like industry, like just starting. Do you think that that person wants to drive wants to an hour a day drive, yeah. to then pay like their 12 bucks a day to park in a parking lot and that's going to eat at their but salary. But so much easier to move around in the car here. But I do see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. Like even LA's public transportation isn't that great, but at least they have like yeah, a, a metro system and, and something to kind of move around. I think LA supports lower level pay way better than Orange County does. Kind of, yeah. Is one of the things. It's just kind of what I feel. Right, right. Well, we can see that definitely there's around. shitty places to live right like yeah. there's real there's some tenement houses that yeah, you yeah. could rent and the public trans will get you to and from work orange county if you want to live in a bad place like it's it's, it's not like, that bad is it oh no i'm saying but like where could you find 600 rent you can't find that in orange county you can in la santa Ana, westminster i don't think you can find 600 really santa i don't think in at santa this Ana. point i, I haven't looked santa Ana. I'll, I'll, I'll look again i don't think you can <laughs> westminster even I haven't been to Westminster in a while. Maybe well, I wouldn't. I personally that's where my wouldn't mind. That's where my people's at, dude. That's me. <laughs> I'm home. I can't. I can't imagine that <laughs> place being like expensive. Man. Yeah. There's no way that place is expensive. I gotta yeah. look it up. I just think in general, right? Like expensive. we're like the six hundred dollar of five years ago is now like eleven hundred kind yeah, of okay. thing. You know what I mean? That I can kind of is is, is kind of what I'm getting at. But I think in LA, there's some like real bungalow like opportunities still there. Okay. And I definitely wouldn't want to have a car if I lived over there in those areas. I, I personally hate LA, man. I don't see what the hype is about over there. It's like it's the ugliest city I've seen in terms of just buildings. Mm. Everything just is flat, mm. and then you got to fight through the smog and with shitty people. And the the random GTA encounters. The ra- random that GTA to you. encounters. Oh my god! Yeah, we worked in downtown LA, so I do have some kind of like reference that yeah, yeah. i'm pulling from like we worked in downtown life for like a good good year and a half right so that's and the, deep deep in la dude so when we say like those random gta encounters anybody familiar with gta four or five or six four or five yeah is you know like you'll see just that little blue icon of a person and then like you go and you just have this like little cut scene yeah. with that person super weird has nothing to do with the yeah. daily life or like yeah. and it's just a weird LA is full of that. Do we need to share that story? I don't think we ever shared that story. Which one? Which ones? All right. This one, we we would always, we were, this is when we were uh, working with Cecil Kim at Section Studios in downtown LA. Shout out to him. Uh, We would uh, take these 15, 20 minute walks as a break midday, right? We walk around downtown LA, we do a loop, and there's just this particular alley we call it Bum Alley. I call it Bum Alley. Larry doesn't like that term. I was like, why? They're bums. He's like, well, they don't like being called bums. He's like, just, they don't have opinions. Right. <laughs> I was kidding. Anyways, we were going down and we walked past. We were walk, approaching uh, a, a street, mm. and then this woman, we just hear her yelling, and she was like, "What the fuck, huh?" And she was at the payphone, right? Yeah, and she started one. like, "Oh, motherfucker!" And she started hitting the payphone, banging the phone, banging the phone, and it broke in half. It's like, when was the last time you ever break anything that is phone related, right? And I was like, "Oh shit." And then we walked past her trying to avoid her because that's the that's the move, right? You walk by, not make eye contact, in the hope that she doesn't detect you. And then she looked at us and said, hey, guys, do you have a phone that I can use? <laughs> and then Larry was like, no. <laughs> no, I don't. And she's like, what? Oh, you mean all oh, because of this? It's like, whoa. Do you not see yourself? Yeah, that was she a took one. a moment. To realize she what to, she just yeah, did. She tried to undersell it. Like, oh, because I broke the phone, dude. You all that? No, because this, of this? This is a pay phone. Was, I'll be careful with your phone. Yeah. It's insane. Now, my favorite was we were, walk, we were going on a, like, walk jog, and we turned down the same bum alley. And yeah. then there was a shorter Hispanic guy, long hair to about his back. And he just had this, like, 
kind of laugh, and he was doing this. Dude, he was scared. And Brandon was like, let's go another way. No, I said, let's go across the street. Let's go across the street, yeah. Let's be safe. Well, I was like, bro, it's like me and you. We're the biggest, buffest dudes that we know anywhere near us at the yeah. time. And I was like, Up the block, at least. Nothing's going to happen to us. We'll be fine. And even if, I was like, we'll be fine. Even if something was going to happen, But what did I say? I say, yeah, I don't know how to fight crazy, dude. My kung fu master never taught me how to defend crazy, man. <laughs> Those guys are insane. How do you punch someone you don't want to touch? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. You don't want to touch anybody. Anyway, uh, yeah. so I was like, nah, screw that. We're going on our walk. Damn it. I'm not changing my path just because in my mind I'm scared that some bullshit is going to yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. I'm always a benefit of the doubt type of person. But I also can lean on the fact that I'm 6'5", yeah. well-trained in, in combat. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not moving. Like They're going to have their day. We're going to have ours. And then that was a mistake. Just do, dude. <laughs> when we got close, I hear the laugh again. Dude, crazy got crazier, dude. With the fingers near the teeth and everything. And so when we get like within aggro radius, right, he <laughs> my, turns around. My, my fist already was clenched at that moment. I was oh, ready, dude. dude. So yeah. he turns around. And he goes, look at this. And he's like pointing to like he had this photo. He opened up his, tra- he opened no, up no. his jacket, right? No, no. He had like, uh, a, uh, okay, okay. you know those scrapbook pages? Yeah, 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 yeah. He had like a scrapbook page yeah, that was like sticky with like all these little cutouts. All right. Or he had this scrapbook page, and he points. Yeah. And dumbasses, we look at what he's pointing at, and it was like a mannequin. Like if you go to hairdresser school, yeah. they have the mannequin heads with hair. Yeah. And that was just cut out in the little photo book, and uh, he points at that. So we look. I was like a mannequin head. He's like, look at this. So we look, and he was like, she will cut your fucking balls off. <laughs> <laughs> And that's when I knew we fucked up. <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't know how to defend that. That guy would have been, he could have been carrying, uh, you know. Uh, you hear those, like, Florida stories downtown. Florida, where, man. Yeah, that's basically, like, what is that, bath salt and shit? And they yeah, just start yeah. biting your face off and stuff. Yeah. It's like, I have no idea how to, because they don't feel pain, man. Yeah. You can't even go for the nuts. You can't go for a sweep. The best chances I got is throw you on the ground. Throw <laughs> me on the ground. Yeah. Fuck that. Don't touch me. Don't and this is your fault, Larry. Uh, I'm good. You deal with this. Like Don't make me have to fight two people, man. That's, <laughs> I thought you were on my team, bro. My God. Like, like if he ran at us, like, I, I can't. I haven't even figured bro, out a solution. Charlie Murphy front kick. Is Pow! It, right in the chest. Kick? That's the... That's the that's your longest that's your longest kick. You keep your eyes on them the whole time. You generate a considerable amount of power. That's I would not sidekick. Side kick. I would not. I wouldn't. Side you wouldn't personally sidekick. I wouldn't sidekick. I, I would sidekick. You front would front kick. kick. I would front kick because my momentum is going forward, so I know I'm putting as much force into getting them away from me as possible without losing eye contact. Yeah. Like with a back kick, spinning back kick. For a moment, you have to take your eyes off them. Yeah. Fuck that, dude. I'm watching them the whole time. Pow! Charlie Murphy! <laughs> my first instinct was covering all my skin with my jacket to make sure I don't touch skin to skin to this guy. Because any fingernail scratch, dude, that's oh, yeah. how zombie viruses get. Yeah, like, I, can get I, I get that. I get that. I understand. Oh, that was that that scared Good me, times. dude. I, the whole time I was thinking, like, I told you, dude, you can't there, fight crazy. There Look was at this so guy. many stories. Then this is totally off game recap, but y'all, there's it's worth it was telling while we stories. were working. And this is what downtown L.A. looks yeah. like to me. And this is why L.A., to me, I guess Santa Monica might be a different story. It's a beach town, sure. And, uh, but you have to go through all this before. And yeah. like Santa Monica is like the busiest place to go to during traffic hours. What made me feel bad is, and not to be sexist, but just we're, we're going to get a little just, you know, to the basics of like combat and things like that. Um, we had a lot of female employees, obviously, who probably didn't spend any time in the gym, didn't take any self-defense classes. Oh, yeah. Like, they're just oh, dude. super frail. Dude. They had to walk those same streets to get to work. Forget you know the streets. I mean? Walking in our workplace, and I believe you weren't even... I wasn't you weren't there, there the that day. I heard this story. You know this though. story, right? I know this story. All right. We'll end it with this. Games recap. This is uh, a true dev life stories, right? So I was at Section Studios. We were on the fourth floor, and we had this back door that I always use to kind of go and get lunch and come back up, right? And so uh, it was around lunchtime. I was going to the gym, mm. and as I was approaching the back door, my coworkers in front of me uh, opened the door, and in comes this guy, just like casually walking in, mm. and they just kind of stood still because we instantly recognized it wasn't a developer, wasn't right? A developer, it was clearly a homeless man. And he just wandered in, and the two guys in front of him was like, uh, can we help you? What do you need? 
And I instantly approached this guy. I was like, hey, you can't just be here. You know, uh, like, can I get you water? <laughs> no, because I had my, my, I was yeah. ready to work out. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I was already like took my steroids and a protein shake. So I was yeah, jazzed yeah. up, but I was being respectful too. It's like, oh, this guy's probably just cold because it was around December okay. and we heard the bums homeless people yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, get lonely around this time yeah. uh, and so he 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 just wandered in the studio and I was like sir you can't be in here this is a work establishment like can I help you can I get you some water maybe some snacks and maybe see your way out you know and he's like oh fuck that fuck this shit I'm fucking tired of Christmas I'm fucking tired of everything and everybody uh, I was like oh shit and so uh, he, he continued walking down. And as he passed us, and, I, you know, of course, instantly I was like, oh, man, you know, what is he trying to attack everybody? Mm-hmm. Most importantly, the women, because this dude is that type of situation. Yeah, it's yeah. like, how do I fight a guy I don't want to touch, right? And so he walked through, and as he walked by, I looked down, and I was like, man, there's something weird with his pants. It's like, I've never seen pants like this. And it took me a second to realize he wasn't wearing any pants, and his skin was his just drawstring is just dude. It was just around. extra ashy. So his pants was like at his ankles, and his skin was so ashy that it looked like like scratched jeans for a while. And I was like, "What? This doesn't look right." And I looked up, and I was like, "Oh shit, that's his butt cheeks." And he was walking with his pants around his ankle. I was like, "Oh shit!" You know, he's definitely gonna attack someone. Yeah. And so I followed him at a distance, right? And I was like, "Oh man, you can't be here." And he he went all the way to the front lobby from the back, right? To the front lobby. And he just parked his ass on the couch. And as he sat on the couch, oh, we got to throw that couch away. <laughs> because that is just bare ass on this couch. And I think they still kept that couch, but I told him to burn it. Quarantine but, couch. Yeah, quarantine that couch. And he just sat there and he just waited it out, man. He was just complaining, cussing it out. And again, I tried to say, hey, you, you got to pull up your pants at least, you know. <laughs> this, this is a work establishment. They called the security guy up. And the security guy of a building, you remember this So guy, right? our security guy was the, he was like the, it's one of those, I have this job and I hope nothing bad happens yeah. security guards. He would wave and smile and like pretty yeah, much hug everybody. Super hey guys, happy go good lucky, morning. Yeah, how yeah, you yeah. doing? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's how he talked, right? Yeah. So like if shit went down, yeah. he wasn't the one you He wasn't the guy. He was the opposite responder. of security yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah. So he came up there. And all I did, saw him doing was he just sat next to the guy. And it was the first time I, I saw him not smiling, dude. <laughs> it was just like all gloomy. He's like, Shh, don't, don't talk to him. Don't talk to him. Uh, leave him alone. Leave him alone. And we just sat there. Well, I stood there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just watched and waited in case he just suddenly mm, goes berserk, be right? Because out of the everybody, in the, it's a small studio. Yeah. Out of everybody, I felt like I looked around. I was like, you're "Larry's probably, not here." Yeah, you're probably the. I'm the only capable one <laughs> to front kick this guy. As long as you me. went first, I'm sure everyone else would have had confidence to help. No man, but this is a crowd go, that they would just watch. Just, oh shit! Watch out, Bryn. <laughs> watch out, Bryn. That's the type of group I was dealing with. So in my mind, I was like, I gotta stick around. Yeah, yeah. And so finally, this dude just stood up and got tired of it. And, and left on his own accord. Mm-hmm. Like, the police didn't get there in time or anything. Oh, man. But that was the type of situation. It's like, oh, my God. This would yeah. not happen anywhere else but downtown L.A. This yeah. dude just wandered up to our floor, walked in like it was nothing, sat his bare ass on the leather couch. <laughs> when I first heard about that story, I thought that because of the wintertime, I thought that he was trying to commit a nonviolent crime to yeah. get sent to jail to yeah. have a meal and a Some warm place warmth, to be. Yeah, maybe. I mean, wh- you're already at that point in your life. Like, what's jail going to do? Other than feed you and give you I think you he was just tired, warmth. man. It was just... I think from what I've seen in that guy's face, he was just tired of it all and was just, like, ready to just fuck it, right? Because that was his mentality. Oh, that's what he was saying the whole time. It's like, fuck it, fuck it. He, he didn't care about the consequences. He didn't care for warmth. He didn't, honestly, it didn't seem like he cared about living. It was yeah. just... He was just surviving. So, it was sad, yeah. but hilarious. But that's the like. Yeah. That's why we say stuff like you know we've. I again, it's not to be sexist whatsoever. I know that women are fully powerful yeah. and capable and able to do things on their own. But at the same time, when it comes down to like a situation like that, like some crazy individual male, yeah. don't know necessarily the bill. And I'm not trying to get into politics about male female sexism and all that. Please understand where I'm coming from here. But like, I do worry about my female coworkers who aren't, you know, at least have defense skills or who have any sort of safety options in a scenario where they walk down those same alleys where Brandon and I walked down and had those random GTA encounters. I can imagine the stories could be a lot different. You know what I mean? And that's all I'm trying to say. And so that that's what really was like the eye-opening thing about working in downtown L.A. So 
I didn't mind making sure that people got to their cars safe or yeah. making sure that we went in groups whenever we went out to the, like the bar, even if it was yeah. close by. Yeah. I just always wanted to make sure that people were going to be safe. Yeah. Well, uh, that is the hour for Games Recap. Yeah. Uh, again, you can join us daily on twitch.tv forward slash blue chance, 10 a.m. Pacific time every morning or catch us on youtube.com forward slash blue champs. Yeah. So uh, thanks for sticking with us till the end. Stand by because our first video podcast for our original OG. Yeah, Game Dev Unchained. Game Dev Unchained is coming up next with uh, two special guests. Right. Uh, and so we're going to go offline and then back online. So everybody, see you soon. See you in a bit.